Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's cool fact of the day is that there are 43 different pairs of nerves that connect the central nervous system to every part of your body. A dozen of those nerve pairs are connected to the brain, and 31 are linked to the spinal cord. And your spinal cord contains about 13.5 million neurons, and those neurons each contain somewhere between 2 and 10,000 mitochondria each. And it turns out the group of nerves at the base of your spine are the most sensitive ones, and that alone is one reason you might want to try a standing desk, and you might want to keep those mitochondria strong, which is the topic of my next book. It seems like everything you do has to do with your mitochondria. Oh, wait, that's because you die without them. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's guest is Billy DeMoss. He's a badass electric guitar playing and surfing chiropractor, owns DeMoss Chiropractor. You know what, Billy? I don't know how to say your last name right. Am I saying it right? DeMoss. You said it right. DeMoss. 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 I always feel like I, the, the enunciation on the E. I've heard everything, man. I've heard it all. So, DeMoss. Yeah, DeMoss. Yeah, DeMoss. Sorry. D. See, D dead. D dead. Anyway. All right. So, sorry, Billy. Billy DeMoss. 
And I should know that when you, you see someone on Facebook all the time, you can always hear them say their name. By the way, my last name is pronounced Ass Spray if you're in seventh grade, just so that's all clear to everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's good for me, too. Uh, uh, for the rest of you, Asprey works fine, but hey. I'm just going to call you Dave if it's easy. Uh, that's all right. I, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, okay, cool. You can uh, call me Billy D, and then you don't have to worry about that either. All right, Billy D. Uh, Billy is the founder of the Dead Chiropractic Society, a California coalition that discusses chiropractic philosophies and advancement. And what's cool about Billy is he expanded on the group that began CalJam. And CalJam is a really cool event where like more than a thousand chiropractors slash musicians get together and like talk about all the things chiropractors do, which is a lot more than cracking your back these days. They're functional medicine practitioners in a variety of ways, depending on, on their specialty and focus. Um, but it's kind of cool to talk with this big group of people, serve them bulletproof coffee, and watch them make music, with the exception of bluegrass, which no one actually likes. <laughs> I say that my father's a bluegrass musician, and, and so I, I just I have to say that every now and then in case he's listening. Hi, Dad. He is listening. All right. <laughs> okay, Billy, do you play the banjo? No, I don't play the banjo. That's one instrument. Do you have any do friends I, who do? No. I actually have a cousin that does, but he's kind of a little bizarre to begin with anyway. So It happens, and yeah. you might it's know. A, you know what's a happy instrument, though? You never hear a, a sad song with a banjo in it. Just just think about it next time you hear a banjo. They're always happy, uplifting songs. It's true. Uh, yeah. You're musicians. So you probably know the tool they use to tune a banjo. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. Uh, wire cutters. Okay, wire cutters. <laughs> Sorry, banjo friends. Just kidding. We just like to pick on you because you don't have teeth. Now, <laughs> now my dad's really going to give me crap about this. Anyway, <laughs> that's what CalGem is. It's a group of very happy, very friendly chiropractors who all play music together and hang out. And uh, we serve them bulletproof coffee, and it's it's pretty cool. And uh, uh, I'm actually speaking there next year in 2017. So, um, Billy, welcome to Bulletproof Radio. Uh, we're today going to talk about maximizing human performance, and we're going to talk about the electrical system in the body, the nervous system, and how you can actually live longer by paying attention to it. Uh, but I'm going to push you a little bit at the beginning. Oh, good, good. I like that. All right. I come from a family of scientists. Like, uh, all of my aunts and uncles, master's degree scientists. My, my dad has a master's degree. I'm a computer science guy. Uh, and we all know flat out that chiropractors are, um, I think the technical term is quacks, right? And charlatans. Oh, I thought charlatans were people who didn't have some sort of quasi-medical degree and quacks uh, were people who did. Right. No, I, I, but okay, so th that is a reputation that, that the, actually many people in my family had. Uh, and I, in fact, I'll just throw them out there again since I'm picking on my dad. For years, I wouldn't see a chiropractor. There's no science behind that. And then he finally saw one, and his back hurt less. And he was like, this is amazing. Like, I, I had no idea. So there's like a perceived notion. What is chiropractic? Like, like, like define it and talk about what it is. Because I think the people who have never tried it who might still be on that, you know, it sounds like a bunch of woo-woo uh, science. Just walk me through what is the universe of chiropractic? Where does it start? Where does it end? Well, it's funny you say that about your parents, too, because I was brought up at the same thing with uh, my parents being in total disbelief of chiropractic. They, they, you know, they thought we were quacks, too. And I was a chemistry major, and I was already uh, applied to dental school because my mom was a dental hygienist. She wanted all her sons, all four of her sons, to go to dental school. And I was exposed to a Merrick chart, which is a chiropractic chart, which explains that the brain through the spinal cord nerves coordinates all the function, all of the organs, and the organs also speak back to the brain. And if there's complete 
uh, communication there, you're going to have a healthier individual. But if there's interference from misalignment, pressure on nerves, interference to nerves, then you're going to have susceptibility to disease. And what chiropractors do is they look for that subluxation, for that interference, and remove that, allowing the body to express more potential. And I was, you know, chemistry major, science head, uh, and I saw that chart and it made sense to me. And I went home and I told my parents I decided not to go to chiropractic or not to go to dental school, and I was going to go to chiropractic school. And my mom almost choked on her food. She got <laughs> up. She walked in to start cleaning the dishes before we were even done with dinner, and she mumbled on the way out, you're wasting your life. Because she had been programmed by all the propaganda and all the biases that have been out there, basically put out there by the AMA. I mean, initially the AMA, I think it was in the 70s, had a, a focus to not only contain chiropractic, but also limit the chiropractic profession. And through a great landslide court case, we won that they no longer can really have that same propaganda bias so, spit so out the, against it. The American Medical Association is not a government body. It's a private industry trade group to protect physicians with MDs, right? Right, right. Okay, and they were found guilty. Was it of racketeering in what they did against chiropractic yeah, profession? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were just wanted to get rid of us. <laughs> and they had a whole quack watch system. And it, it, they, oh, oh. We, you're talking about Stephen Barrett and quack watch. Well, yeah, he's a different cat. He's another, he's another one of our good friends in chiropractic. Does he love you too? And, oh, so here's the thing. <laughs> about, about 10, 12 years ago, in my work in anti-aging, I realized that every one of the pioneers uh, in, in different fields who I'd interviewed, all the ones who were the most ass-kicking were all targeted by Quackwatch. And I, I, I was kind of sad. I'm like, I want to be targeted by Quackwatch someday, but I don't, I'm not a quack because I'm not a medical professional. Like, I, I don't have the, the licensing to do that. And last week in USA Today, there was a big article about Bulletproof. And I was talking about how, look, my goal is to live to 180, and I'm doing every single thing I can to, to, to make that happen. And so they, they get Stephen Barrett from Quackwatch to come on and say, there's no evidence he's going to live to 180. I'm like, hint, there's no evidence how long anyone's going to live because we have things like buses that run you over. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to live. I'm saying I'm doing everything. Anyway, I posted this amazing gratitude post on Facebook because I'm like, this is awesome. I finally got to be mentioned by Quackwatch. Like, it has been one of my career goals, and it finally <laughs> happened. So I'm like... Thank you. I'm thinking about getting like a quack watch tattoo with a heart on my shoulder. I'm, I'm so in love with Stephen Barrett for basically honoring me by putting me amongst some of the people I respect the most. So Stephen Barrett, if you're listening, I love you, man. Keep up the good work. Doesn't the guy have anything better to do, though? That's what I always no, wonder. No, he makes is a he... lot of money from Big Pharma, I thought. Is oh, it, he probably it? does. He probably does. And that's just we're, like we're not thing... sure. We, we, right. we, just, we think he acts like it. So right, I, mean, I wouldn't right. want to say anything disparaging about him because I love him so much. So right. Stephen Barrett, quack watch. By the way, everyone listening, if you don't know this site, it's it's basically the best science trolling site ever. If you want to learn how to be a science troll, the recipe goes like this. Find a reference to something that you fervently believe in, find someone who disagrees, and then call them just any insult, and then post a link to PubMed. So basically, PubMed plus personal insult equals science troll, and that's Quackwatch. So right. I, I love it. it. It's really a good art, and being a science troll takes a lot of, of personal development. You need to like suppress your human emotions, and what's left there is mostly the animalistic side. Anyway, I, I could go on about my love for them, but anyway, it sounds like you've, you've had the same experience. Yeah, I have a lot of those <laughs> trolls, especially in social media. I, they, and, you know what, Dave? Sometimes I almost feel like I'm getting soft if I don't have the trolls coming at me. It know? is a sign of success, but, but Billy... There's something you can do, and I don't know, it seems like you kind of enjoy it a little bit, you know. I love it. 
what, what I, I, I don't want them to get in the way of the actual work I'm doing. So I found out this amazing equation, and it's one I'm really public about. It goes like this. It takes a science troll probably like five or ten minutes. They, they have to like get really angry, uh, red in the face. They have to like <laughs> Google something they don't know anything about, post some links, and then insult me personally. And like that takes some time and energy. But the response, is, it's like a keto. All you do is you click ban, ban delete. delete. I do it all the time. It's power, dude. Half a second versus ten minutes. And like right. I always win. It, it's like I feel so good about that. And so, yes, just for people listening, you probably already know this if you go to my Facebook page. There is respectful disagreement where we're nice to each other. I don't insult people. I'm not mean to them. I expect people to be polite. And you can come on me and say, Dave, the vegan diet, what about this? What about this? Dude, we can have a really good conversation. And you might teach me something. You might change my mind. You come on and, and you, you call a bunch of other people a bunch of names. Like, I'll kick your ass out of there so fast. And I right. feel absolutely right. nothing but joy and gratitude for the ability to do that. So, like, let's be nice to each other. Right, right, but you you can always tell the difference between a troll and somebody that actually has a legitimate question or a le- legitimate yeah. concern, and you can answer those questions. But many times, whatever you feed these people is never going to be enough because they're just going to keep yeah. digging and digging and digging because it goes against their whole paradigm that they've been brainwashed into believing that you know health comes from outside anyone. It's already an inside job. Well, I, I do have a couple bones to pick with you. Not not that okay. I would troll you because you'd probably just hang up on me and tell them something. No, I ban and delete you. No, I wouldn't do that to you. But. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you are very strongly spoken out against drugs, like any kind of drugs. Well, no, I, I think drugs should be utilized in crisis emergency situations. But, I mean, there's no way you're going to tell me or try to tell me that drugs improve health in any way. Aren't there some drugs that improve health in some circumstances? Name me one. Paracetam. Okay, what does that do? (laughs) Paracetam is a very well-studied and older smart drug that increases neuron health, increases your ability to handle hypoxic situations without causing neuron cell death. The only side effects that we know it has is it slightly increases your use of acetylcholine and it slightly amplifies the effects of caffeine. Okay, I didn't know that. So you're teaching me something today. But what, what I'm saying is... I like to keep it simple to me. I mean, <laughs> there's right. so much stuff out there. I just like to live congruent to my gene expression and do things to stay on that track. And I just know that there's got to be some negative side effects if there's something you're getting ben- some benefit out of it. So but if you're saying there's no negative well, side effects... I, I guess what, what I'm saying is that the benefits might outweigh the side effects. And it's the same with food, right? Right. Like... Caffeine, okay, you're, you're definitely a fan of coffee, so am I, right? Too much caffeine is not really good for you. And if you have no. the wrong genes, you can't excrete caffeine, you might need to drink less of it or none of it, right? And, and so, like, there's individual variation, but I, I, I get uncomfortable when I hear, like, a dogmatic dismissal of a technology because there's probably a case where it's useful. But I will agree with you that, that taking a drug to, do, to, to solve a problem that is an environmental problem, first and foremost. Or a lifestyle it, problem, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's a poor idea, and it's, it's not the right way of, of solving the problem, but it's not the wrong way to solve the problem if the normal stuff doesn't work. Right. And again, you can take that to you know, things like marijuana, which is, in some people enhances their creativity. I mean, obviously, those are things that you, you can't argue with. I mean, uh, you could take speed if you need to drive your car and it's going to save your life. Those are going to be, I'm in my opinion, exceptions to those rules, but... I mean, I haven't heard of this drug that you just mentioned, so I, I need to do some research on it. Can you name any other drugs? 
Uh, well, uh, paracetamol is interesting. In your research, it's not in the physician's desk reference, even though it's manufactured by Sandoz Pharmaceuticals in Europe. It's one of those smart drugs that's in kind of an orphan status in the U.S. So you, you can buy it, but not at Walgreens, uh, even though it, it's phenomenally, po- uh, uh, phenomenally popular. It's just one of those kind of gray zone things. Uh, what are some other drugs? Uh, naltrexone. Uh, low-dose naltrexone works really well for autoimmune patients without substantial side effects, even though high-dose naltrexone is like what you use for heroin addicts. So that, that's one that's changed a lot of people's lives. Uh, however, another one, metformin, that I actually took for a while. It's an anti-diabetes drug. I didn't have diabetes. It causes a lot of genetic expression uh, for uh, like caloric restriction. And in fact, a lot of anti-aging enthusiasts use it. I stopped taking it when I found out that it causes mitochondrial dysfunction. I don't do anything that makes my mitochondria weak, so right, metformin right. is off my list now. It's one of those double, double-edged things where it might be a good thing to keep your blood blood levels down. So some of these drugs are, are very close. Yeah, but close you can do that drugs. stuff in a short term. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's fine. But I'm saying to be on that for the rest of your life is going to have some type of detrimental side effect in the long run. I mean, I'm going to stick with just living, eating, living congruent to genes and uh-huh. eating foods, making sure I lead a life filled with just movement and exercise. Okay. I'm big on normalizing posture and normalizing restrictions and, and subluxation is fine. I'm big on sleep. You know, maybe there's situations when, like, if you're traveling to a, a foreign country and you're way out of your time zone where it'd be advantageous to take the sleeping pill, I get that kind of stuff. But that's not stuff that's really going to, in my opinion, perpetuate per, a person's health. I, I'm with you there. Well, let's talk some more about spinal health. I have some questions about air travel and spinal health and, and some, some things. Uh, maybe you can tell me, because you've looked a lot more at the spine than I have, uh, just some more things in my own biology that, that will be of interest to other people listening to this as well, I think. Uh, what is a subluxation? Like, explain it exactly. How do we know it's there? How can you scientifically prove that it's a subluxation? Uh, like, like, just walk people listening through the thinking behind subluxations. Well, first off, you just do a, a, an in-depth consultation and find out what's going on with the patient. Find out, you know, is it neck pain that radiates into their arm and hands, or does it radiate into their head, or is it low back pain that radiates into their... So you're getting ideas of where there may be subluxations. And then you do a, a spinal exam where you go through and you feel the spine. Usually when they're, the vertebrae are out of alignment, they're going to be sensitive and sore. You may see some inflammation around the subluxation area. You may feel muscle spasm, and then uh, then we run therms on the spine, which will check for temperature along the spine, which is another indicator. That one's very scientific. Like, talk a little bit more about that. So, a skeptic listening right now goes, "Well, there's nothing going on in the spine. Walk me through what happens when you run a therm on the spine, a thermographic analysis." It just checks for asymmetries in temperature along the spine, which is a function of the nervous system as far as vascularity is concerned. So if there's imbalances, that's just one of the cues that we use to discern whether a person is subluxated so, or not. So here's the deal. If it's all in your head, why is there heat in one part of the spine and not heat at the other part of the spine that matches it? Exactly. There's actually a physical thing happening. Right. right? Now, the next step would be, well, how do we know that that physical thing means anything? Like, well, because it hurts there might be one of the signs, but what are the other right. ways, reasons we know that, that subluxations matter? Well, then again, we can check ranges of motion through inclinometry, where just digitized measuring of the range okay. of motion. Typically, when a person subluxated, they're going to have restricted range of motion. And then right after an adjustment, you're not only going to see typically a reduction in a person's symptoms, but you'll also see improvements in range of motion. You'll see inflammation decrease. You'll see muscle spasms decrease. And then over time, you'll see radiographic changes on x-ray as far as improvement in posture and alignment. 
<laughs> so, so what we're seeing here is the patient reports pain. The physician hears about the pain, palpates the pain, measures the temperature differential caused by the pain, measures the limitation of movement caused by the area that's in pain, does an intervention which involves pushing on the vertebra or doing other adjustment-like things, and then the pain goes down, the temperature regulates, the posture regulates, and the patient has movement again. Yes. But we also we check also the conductivity of the muscles in the spine through an EMG. Ah, so again, right. when, there, when there's a muscle spasm, so we've got objective measurements, we'll document exactly what's going on. It's not just, we don't want to base it just on a patient's subjective complaints because, again, we know that there's really, that's going to be so variable in so many different people. That, that doesn't sound scientific at all. No wonder people call you charlatans. Right, 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 right. And, <laughs> I, mean, like, you know, I know. It's a thing, <laughs> the thing to me is this, it's the clinical resort, the results we get. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for 31 years, Dave, and it's, I don't ever have a question that I'm going to get results with people as long as they're, they follow through with what we ask them to do. Yeah, I'm big on nutrition, too. They've got to eat a, you know, an, a, a diet that's not pro-inflammatory and get them on things like fish oils and get them drinking simple things like drinking more water, uh, I'm big on getting people to get extra vitamin D, uh, take probiotics to help that microbiome that's been just nuked and destroyed from all the antibiotics people have taken. Their and again, you just try to get people back on track, living the way they're supposed to. And this body is the most amazing healing machine on the planet. And we're all hardwired to express health. It's just so many people are sick and having health issues because of the fact that they're not playing by God's rules. They're not playing by rules of the universal intelligence that governs the this whole universe that we live in. Now, one of the things that I noticed for several years, when I would eat dairy protein, uh, like basically milk, one of the vertebra in my neck would shift almost a quarter inch, half an inch to the side within 10 minutes of eating it. And I would, it would hurt. And like you could feel it out. And it wasn't out before I'd have the meal. And I'd lose range of motion in my neck. And, and it would hurt like heck. And you could sort of push it back in. It would pop out. I've actually, I don't have that, that response anymore. I still get a little bit of stiffness, but nothing like that. I used to think I was kind of crazy, but it was absolutely predictable. And, and it was predictable to the point that I could eat something that I didn't think had milk in it. I'd get the symptom, then I'd ask, and oh yeah, there was milk in there. I just couldn't see it. Like, like it, it was as close to double-blinded as you can get. What, what's going on there? Well, here's the deal. I mean, all... The neurons come from your brain and come down the spinal cord and out to the nerves to various organs. And problems with restriction in the flow of the energy over those nerves can cause dysfunction in those organs and glands. I mean, and again, also, if you irritate a specific organ, let's say you're a smoker, Dave, which I know you're not, but if you smoke, you're going to irritate the tissue in your lungs, which is going to send information back to the brain, which will cause reflex spasm in the muscles around that area, which can pull the vertebrae out of its proper position. And by not smoking, you're not going to recurrently cause that same cycle to adapt. Same thing, if someone's eating spicy food or dairy products, that's going to irritate the stomach. So the nerves that feed into the stomach, say in the mid-back, say from T5 down to T7, those nerves are going to be affected, and it's going to cause a reflex spasm in those areas. We call those visceral somatic reflexes. There's also somatovisceral reflexes, where problems in the spine cause, say somebody's got a subluxation in their mid-back area, that can cause problems with 
somatovisceral can cause problems in the visceral, cause stomach issues. A lot of times people come to us with, let's say, mid-back pain. We start working on them, adjusting them, and as a consequence of getting adjusted and their pain goes away, their stomach issues clear up. I mean, half of my practice is kids. They don't come to me with back pain. They come to me with things like ear infections, asthma, or, or eczema, or they're colicky, or I just had a lot of kids come in lately with reflux, and their alternative is they can go to an MD and they can get drugs for these things. You know, the typical inhalers, the antibiotics, the tympanostomies, the tonsillectomies, or we can go through a trial of conservative care, which doesn't take anything out or put anything in, and remove whatever interference it is is causing a decrease in the expression of that person's potential to be healthy. Yeah, maybe if the kid's using too many dairy products, that's going to create mucus in the body. That's going to make it can, uh, precipitate things like asthma or ear infections. So we look at the whole picture. We don't just look at a person's symptoms and say, let's get rid of the symptoms without ever addressing what caused the problem to begin with. Hmm. So you're saying that a problem in the spine can cause a problem in the organs or a problem in the organs can cause a problem in the spine. Exactly. It's the same. It's just like if you have a heart attack. The nerves that feed into your heart are the same ones that go down your arm. That's why you have pain down your arm when you have a heart attack, because it's the same nerves. But if you, tr if you treat the arm, it doesn't affect the heart in that situation. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just a referred pain because it's the same neurological levels being affected. So then, in, in your experience, even if the pain in the back came about as a result of, say, ulcers or some sort of a stomach localized issue, by manipulating the back... Uh, treating the subluxation, what's the mechanism? If, if we know it, and it's okay if we don't, it doesn't mean does, it, there isn't one. The mechanism by which that works to affect the stomach. Like, do we understand that that how that works? Well, the nerves control the functions of the stomach. So, okay. there's under. I mean, the nerve, the brain controls all the organs and glands from the spinal cord and through those nerves. Mm -hmm. And if there's any in it, impingement or restrictions on range of motion, it's, it sends mixed signals to that area of the spine, which can cause abnormal, aberrant function in those organs and glands. And, and that, that makes sense. If you're losing, essentially losing current uh, in, in the nerve, it's not going to function as well. Okay. All right. Just think of it as a dimmer switch. You turn the dimmer switch down a little bit, you've got less function. You have less acid in the stomach. You have decreased respiratory function. And a lot of it has to do with just increases in sympathetic tone in the spine, too. What happens many times when you're subluxated, it puts you more into fight-flight. You're going to have increased cortisol. You're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to have your you know, cholesterol is going to be elevated. You're going to have increased heart rate. All of those. Very, see, the body's designed to go into that sympathetic fight-flight mode. For, in periods of emergency, but you shouldn't be stuck in that moment. That's why so many people have so many varied health issues in the world today is because of poor posture from basically just sitting their entire lives and then sitting, you know, uh, sitting on a sofa watching a TV set and not getting any motion put in their spine, which is so, so important for human health. Over the years, you upgrade so many of your things, your cars, your phones, your TVs, even yourself. But when was the last time you upgraded your underwear? Uh, yeah, upgrading your underwear. I want to tell you about Tommy John. Not the surgery, the revolutionary men's underwear brand that's redefined comfort for guys everywhere, me included. If you're distracted by your underwear, <laughs> it actually sucks. And a lot of guys' underwear is really uncomfortable. And I like Tommy John's because every pair is crafted from ultra-lightweight fabric for maximum breathability. The legs never ride up. The waistband never rolls down. 
And they've got a patented 21st century design that makes it impossible to get a wedgie. And I don't know if you fly as much as I do, but getting a wedgie on airplane sucks. Now, I've tried all kinds of different underwear brands trying to find the perfect fit, and Tommy John is simply the best there is. And they've got a lot more than unbelievable underwear. Their undershirts go on like a second skin and never come untucked. I don't even understand what sort of weird alchemical magic they use, but that's actually real. You put the undershirt on and you forget it's there and your shirt stays tucked in. Even their socks are engineered to stay up all day. And it's those tiny things you do, the little attention to detail that makes something truly bulletproof. And the little tiny things that you would never even imagine that someone paid attention to and tested, it's all in there in socks and underwear. And what you get is just a different experience. And you actually have more energy when you're comfortable all day. All Tommy John underwear is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee, which is totally cool. So Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Head on over to tommyjohn.com slash bulletproof to experience life-changing comfort and get a full 20% off your first order. That's tommyjohn.com slash bulletproof for 20% off the best pair of underwear you'll ever experience. tommyjohn.com slash bulletproof. Talk to me about the Atlas, like the very highest part of the spine. I, I've, I've had some really weird Atlas adjustments uh, from, from friends. And uh, it seems to be a really impactful part of the spine that a lot of chiropractors don't work with now. Like what is the Atlas? Why is it important? Well, it's the first bone in the neck. It's actually where the spinal cord's the thickest. You've got contact with the brain stem there. So, uh, it, we, I'm, in fact, we've called it the mouth of God because if you can get that area lined up, you, basically what it does is it just opens up the flow of energy through that foramen magnum, which is the opening of the skull, through that area into the rest of the spine. I mean, it's, and there's, there's so many nerve endings in that area. There's so much proprioception in that area. You're affecting it on so many different levels. It's just, it's probably the most powerful area of the spine to adjust. And there's chiropractors that basically adjust that vertebrae and that vertebrae only, and they get dramatic results. It's just like there's many different techniques within chiropractic, but their focus is always removal of nerve interspression, allowing a person to express more of their potential for health. How would a person who doesn't have much experience with chiropractic possibly know if they're going to a good chiropractor who has all these special skills like it seems like there's like 5,000 different specialties of chiropractic uh, you know all sorts of different skill sets and trainings like like how do you know well I mean I think the most important thing is you have to trust a referral from somebody that you trust uh, somebody that's obviously can, thinks the same way you do I mean there's very esoteric techniques within chiropractic and that's going to attract a whole different breed of people that would probably come to me. I'm more structural. I'm more mechanically based, but also I take that structure and that mechanically based and I relate it to the vitalistic properties of what we do as chiropractic. Uh, again, I come from a science background, so I like to see numbers. I like to look at alignment. I don't want to just say, you know, these things are happening because of the power of the universe. I mean, I want to understand why that stuff happens. Yeah, that's a difficult question, but I think the biggest thing that a, a patient needs to really be concerned with is do they feel comfortable with the doctor? I mean, basically when you go to a doctor, you should, in a sense, be interviewing the doctor, and at the same time, the doctor needs to be interviewing the patient, because maybe sometimes it's not going to be a good fit for both of you. I mean, when people come into me, there's people that I know I can work with, and there's people I know that I can't work with, and I'm sure it goes both ways. So, I mean, I think, I'm not telling people to be doctor shops, but first thing, find a referral from somebody that you truly trust that's going to a chiropractor that I truly believe in. I, I can't think of a better answer than that. 
So, I mean, it, that, it, so you tr- find someone you trust, like, it, it, there's, there's not really a good quantitative way to do that. I'll tell you my first chiropractic experience. I, I was working at, at Exodus Communications. Uh, this was the, the company that held Google's first servers and when the internet was, was first exploding, like we, most of the internet was running in our buildings in the very early days. And I came to work one day and my low back kind of hurt and it got worse and worse. And, and by noon, my boss looked at me and, and she said, uh, Dave, you're green and, and like you're walking hunched over. Like you need to, you need to go to a chiropractor. Like, like and I, I was to the point where I couldn't handle the pain and I, I have a pretty high pain tolerance and I, I was, it was as bad as I've ever felt. And I, I literally went to the, uh, whatever, I don't think Google was a customer yet then yet. They hadn't started. So whatever yellow pages.com or something. Right. And I, I went to someone down the street, some random chiropractor and went into to his office and, and I was pretty close to either passing out or throwing up uh, from whatever this weird low back pain was. It turns out I was living in a house with toxic mold. I had all sorts of inflammation in my body. And like I, I was commuting for an hour and a half each way for four, a 14-mile drive. And it was, it was crappy life. But he did a little x-ray and said, well, it, it, you have all the symptoms of a, of a ruptured disc. Uh, and he did one adjustment on me. And I almost passed out from the adjustment. I almost passed out when I stood up just from standing up. The pain was too great. He did one adjustment on me and I was completely fine. And I was like, what? Like literally the pain completely went away, completely stopped. And I was, I was just blown away. I'd never experienced that. And I, I went from believing I was in the office of a witch doctor to believing, well, they know something. But then the next thing that I'd, I'd been raised to believe was that you don't go to a chiropractor because you get addicted to it. You have to go in every week because they're going to loosen your joints so they always slip out and then they've got you in their, in their grasping clutches and all this kind of stuff. Um, that didn't happen in that situation, right? My back just didn't go back to hurting that way. But I always had upper back pain, constant upper back pain for years and years um, that some chiropractors were able to help with and pain that's gone today. What, um, what about that, that claim, that, that, that fear that I had that, that if you get adjusted too often, your back will become loose? Any evidence to that? No, I don't believe that. And I think what you're asking is that, is it something that you get addicted to? And I posted this yesterday. If chiropractic's so good at alleviating that pain that you went through, wouldn't you want to do things on a periodic basis to prevent you from having to go <laughs> through that again? But that the pain isn't the problem. That's what I try to get people to address. The problem is you've got pressure on the nervous system. The pain is the fire alarm that's going off in the building. You just went over and took the batteries out of the fire alarm. There's still a problem there. That's why you take x-rays and then you set goals over time to re or to normalize postural issues like the work that Dee Harrison does about restoring the curb. Again, the pain is going to go in two or three weeks, but do you want to fix the underlying problem? We can also look at disc in the spine and if there's areas that are degenerating, it would make sense to me to do things as much as you can to rehabilitate that disc and prevent it from getting in worse. And I mean, it's not really that hard to do those kinds of things, but it's something that takes time. And then once you've done things to correct these problems, it would make sense to me to stay on some type of maintenance basis. It's like you, not like you go to the gym and you get all buffed out and go, okay, I'm done going to the gym now. You do that to yeah. maintain what you built up. But, but see, what people need to understand is chiropractic's great with pain. It's great with addressing a lot of people's problems, but that's not what we do. What we do is we just allow your brain through the spinal cord to express more of its potential to be healthy. But also if we can do things like deeds work, Deed Harrison, uh, who you had on your show earlier, 
if you do some of that stuff, you're going to prolong the life of the spine. And if you can prolong the life of the spine, you're prolonging the life of the nervous system, which, in, in my opinion, is going to prolong that life so you can get the 180 years like you're looking for. The problem is most people sit all friggin' day. And when you sit all day, you destroy L4-5 disc. You destroy the curve in the neck. And that's why people have all the health issues. Again, we were never designed to sit as a, as a, a being. We were never designed to take our cars and crash them into each other at 70 miles an hour. So the things that we do in chiropractic is trying to reverse some of the, the uh, events that we have in our lives that contribute to abnormal posture, misalignment of the spine, which causes not only the nerve irritation and pain, but causes organs to not function at a higher percentage. But also a, a big goal is to prevent spinal degeneration and osteoarthritis. It's just like going to a dentist. It's no different. You know, you go to a dentist, you get your teeth cleaned, and I mean, I go three times a year. It's, I mean, am I addicted? No, I just know that it's good for my teeth, plus it makes them look better. I mean, and the problem, and not the problem, the reality is when people go to a chiropractor, they always feel better afterwards. It's not like we force people to come in here. It's like, no, we're going to hold them again. They come in because they know that they have better clarity of thought, they have more energy, they sleep better. All these are attributes that a lot of people there's their response. It's not like I, I'm holding some type of, you know, some type of voodoo kind of gig in front of them to get them and brainwash them into coming in to see me. And it's not like I'm that good looking or anything that has people come back. <laughs> it's the results that people feel yeah. when they get adjusted. Well, one of the most powerful types of evidence we have is called clinical evidence. Mm-hmm. And, and there are a class of people who have done some very impressive mental gymnastics to ignore clinical evidence. That literally, when, when there's clinical evidence that flies in the face of a double-blind study, the clinical evidence is perp- perpetuated by a, a liar. Um, in the world that I live in, anytime we find something that didn't meet our expected results, it's the most interesting thing in the world because it means that there's, there might be a way into that system, there might be a way to hack the system. And then you question whether it really happened and how it happened and whether you can replicate it or not. But at this point, it's pretty clear you can replicate a chiropractic adjustment. We have a way of replicating them. It's called a chiropractic school. Um, (laughs) It's called CalJam, where thousands of people who do this get together uh, and talk about what works and what doesn't work and what they see in patients. And like that's the front line of innovation is what worked for most of my patients. Um, When do you think think that, that this will be... Uh, more widely accepted. I think chiropractic has made huge strides in the last 10 years. Uh, do you consider it to be widely accepted now? Do you think there's room room for it to grow? Oh, I think it's way more accepted when I got, I mean, I, yeah. I started practice 31 years ago. I thought I was a duck my first few years of practice. I'd be called a quack all the time. The, the reality is people are starting to see the failures of medicine. I mean, it's everywhere. You're seeing you know, all the atrocities from the unnecessary surgeries. I mean, and it's my opinion based on my research that 90% of surgeries probably would be unnecessary if people utilized more conservative alternative methods of health care. Also, the same thing with probably 90% of drugs would be unnecessary if people changed lifestyle and exercise and thought happy, loving thoughts and got adjusted and you know, got proper rest and proper sleep. But see, we we were brought up in a medicine cabinet. We were brought up in a world where the TV 
gets people to believe in and whatever this dogma is this old paradigm that it well we're just going to treat your symptoms and not address the cause of your problem and people are waking up to that i mean and, and there's a obvious evidence here in california with you know sb277 now they're forcing the whole vaccine issue on people it's because more and more people are getting on board with doing their own research and looking at things objectively and studying things rather than just blatantly believing everything that they've been told on TV or by the doctor that was also raised in that whole and, and, and schooled in that whole paradigm, which everything is uh, achieved through drugs and drugs only. So, I mean, people are sick of taking drugs. I mean, and the reality is people are being more proactive about their own health and they're doing their own research and they're thinking for themselves a lot. So you are outright opposed to all vaccines? Uh, yes, until you can show me that, number one, that there is proven efficacy to that vaccine, and number two, you show me that they're 100% safe. Well, okay. I just had a bioethicist on, on the show a little while ago. What if... Uh, well, showing something's 100 percent safe. No, that, I shouldn't say 100 percent safe. I, I was just just show me, like right, that, right. That's that's an unfair standard, okay? But if you can show me number one that they work, okay, and, and number two that they have some degree of safety. Got it. So, so like all all things have risk. Chiropractic, some number of, of people. Of course, have but issues, you're talking right. about yeah, minuscule risk, and that's why we have the lowest malpractice rate of any healthcare profession. Right. So you're talking, you, you want an acceptable level of risk and, and an acceptable level of efficacy. And right. You're right. Many of, the, many of the vaccines have terrible efficacy, like the flu vaccine, which as far Zero. as I can tell, it's a marketing scam. Like, like, it like is. You, you go to the drugstore and they have your big signs, injections here. And like <laughs> you can get them in the airport now, too. You know, they're walking, they got a little screen at the airport. Wow. H HPV is another scam. So is the hepatitis B. I mean, when you vaccinate these kids day one when they're born, when their spine and their nervous system and their brain is in this most, you know, crucial uh, de developmental uh, phases of their life and you're injecting in toxic heavy metals when there's no blood brain barrier. It's to me, it's ludicrous. And uh, again, I'm I just want to say, hey, if it's safe. And effective, yeah, let's do it. But I don't. I haven't seen that in the research. There's no research to supporting that. It's all research done by pharma, the pharmaceutical industry pr proving their own warrant for their own drugs. And again, I'm not a drug guy. I don't like taking drugs. I mean, it, it's just hard for me to think about sticking a needle in my arm or my kid's arm or even my pet's arm to try to confer this mythical type health, which is to me is when you inject in all those toxic chemicals. You're only asking for some type of toxic effect on that system. So, so you're looking at the risk reward thing there too. I'm, I'm I'm very concerned about vaccines. I'm not convinced they all work. I'm not convinced they're a panacea, and it seems like there's a genetic propensity for autoimmunity in about a quarter of the population that makes them very poor candidates for receiving vaccines or at least receiving them on the schedule that's propagated now, which is hyper aggressive. Way hyper-aggressive. Uh, my, my wife is a European-trained physician, uh, worked in an emergency room, uh, a Western-trained doctor, uh, Karolinska Institute for people listening. It's one of the top 10 med schools on the planet, uh, very well-respected. And when she came to the U.S., she was actually appalled. I mean, we, we, she does fertility uh, work now uh, over Skype with clients around the globe. So she sees like, like vaccination procedures around the planet because that's where her clients are. And... 
it's very different in the U.S. It, right. It's it's almost like the drug companies had a hand in in creating some of the legislation <laughs> around selling vaccines. And I'm well, I'm you not. You know that's the case. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. Big Pharma is the biggest lobbyist in, in oh, government. Come uh, on, of man. Course, of, of course. And they've we, got the biggest voice on the, in the media. I mean, they control the media. We we know that the big pharma is out of control. I, I think that's that. that even people who are you know, dyed in the wool, uh, you know, supporters of of, uh, of big business doing whatever the heck it wants, they, they they have to see that there's some bias in the research there, and the bias has been very well proven. Right. So why can't people translate that to something like vaccines? It's like for some reason we've taken that vaccine and we we created this holy water that if you even question it, that you're a quack or charlatan or you got something. I just want to see the research. Let's just do this research project, Dave. Let's take the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated and let's look at the amount of medical care that each group gets. It would be a simple study. We've got all the HIPAA records. Let's see how many drugs the vaccinated group gets. Let's see how autistic kids they've got. Let's see how many kids with allergies and autoimmune diseases and i mean there's there's a bit of a selection bias there right the fact that you get vaccines probably means you're more likely to get medical care whether you need it or not and the fact you didn't get a vaccine may mean that your mom locked you in a closet all day like (laughs) yeah but you can look at things like asthma versus a kid not having asthma you can look at a kid that's labeled autistic for kids that are non-autistic i mean those are things i'm talking about not only yeah i get the thing if you're if you're a druggie and you love vaccines you're going to go to the doctor more often if you're somebody that thinks like me i'm only going to go to a doctor in a crisis emergency care i mean i understand why people go to pediatricians but that's me i mean what you're going to a a pediatrician is a visit where you're just basically going to be sold a paradigm where your body wasn't created right and you need these drugs pumped in to make you stronger and healthier i just don't buy it and I would I, same thing with my pets. I mean, I have three cats. Don't think I'm weird because I have cats. But I would not take my cats to a vet unless they need it. And, and one of my patients is a vet, and he runs the cat hospital. And if, if there's something that my cats need, I'm going to go there. But typically, my I feed my cats raw foods. They get plenty of exercise. They get a lot of love. And then guess what? They're going to express health, short of having getting run over by a car or, or you know attacked by a raccoon or whatever. And then that's when you need. Vet- veterinary care that's when you need medical care when there's an emergency or crisis in your life otherwise i'm going to stay away from as much medical care as i can in my life i uh, i i think you've got a point there if i break my arm i know where i'm going to go right uh, if if i'm tired all the time I, I can tell you what happened when i went to the doctor and i was tired all the time uh, he told me maybe i should eat healthy and lose weight and when i said i, I believe my my actual quote was something along the lines of no shit sherlock um, I'd weighed 300 pounds. I'd been working incredibly hard, working out six days a week, cutting calories, all that stuff. Didn't lose any weight. And my Western physician couldn't tell me how to lose weight. He told me vitamin C would kill me. Uh, I didn't know who Linus Pauling was, who won a couple of Nobel Prizes there, uh, and took a lot of vitamin C. And, and I, I finally just said, you know, I'm going to have to learn it myself. Uh, I probably could have gone to a chiropractor. Back when this happened, we hadn't invented the term functional medicine. I probably could have found an orthomolecular practitioner, which is a precursor to functional medicine. Um, but I, I find a lot of people listening to the show today, they're overwhelmed. Like, like they go, how do I find someone who's in alignment with these things? Like, how do I find a chiropractor who's, uh, who's going to support uh, nutrition that, that, that works? Like, there are chiropractors who are you know, raw vegan chiropractors, right? And right. Raw vegan diet probably isn't going to work for you if you're human. No, no. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm a paleo guy all the way. I mean, I follow uh, your stuff to a T. I mean, I, uh, that's what I loved about thanks. your book. 
And I got a second book, which is thank you for the gifts, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. The chocolate went like that. The coffee's being used. Nice. The book was the second one I had because I got the uh, the first book at JJ's gig last year, and I loved it. I read through the entire book. So one of my employees was kept wanting to borrow my book, and I, that's one of the rules I have. I don't loan CDs, I don't loan DVDs, and I don't loan books because you never get them back. So when you sent that book, I signed it and gave it to him. So thank you very <laughs> <Smart>. much. That's <laughs> smart. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things, though, where like, the, there's such a, a variety of a, opinions out there that it's really hard for people to know, how do I pick a Western doctor? How do I pick a chiropractor? Um, I have a list of a few like, bulletproof practitioners on, on the website. Uh, it's a small list. Uh, but I, I find you asking your friends is, is oftentimes not okay. You live in, in a small town. You live in a in a city in one of the in the Midwest. There may be you know forty five chiropractors from different schools and different schools of thought and different types of education, and it, it could cost you three thousand dollars by the time you visit each one of them twice to see if you like them. Right. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. How much time do I do it? How? Okay, here's a question. How often does someone go to the chiropractor? Like you go to the dentist three times a year. Like how many adjustments is the right number of adjustments for someone? Oh, that's going to be ten, uh, depend on a lot of variables. One's yeah. going to be age of the patient. Obviously, I mean, I had I just had a kid that came in with severe reflux. They'd been everywhere else first, Dave, and then they were recommended to put the kid on Zantac. And she didn't want to do that. And then she uh, put a post in one of the uh, holistic moms groups on Facebook. And they said, go to a chiropractor. So they brought her in. It took the kid two adjustments to clear the kid. Whereas you've got somebody that's a geriatric that comes to you that's got massive amounts of scar tissue, degeneration. Uh, you know, it's going to take them longer. So it's dependent on how far out of alignment they are. If they've got severe forward head carriage, it's going to be harder to fix than somebody's got moderate. So there's all types of different variables you have to take into consideration. But at the same time, you do re-exams to document objectively their improvement over time, not just basing on symptoms. Because the problem with what I do and what we do in chiropractic is the results are so dramatic that the pain typically will go away in a few visits, but we don't want people to think that their problem is corrected. The ultimate goal is to normalize posture, restore range of motion, make sure all the other indicators, the objective findings, the EMG, the uh, therms, and the range of motion all have come back to normal limits. And then after that, recommend maybe once every three, once a month. It depends on a person's priorities, too. If health isn't a huge priority, they're not going to need to come in as much as somebody that wants to be more high performance. You know. I, I hear you there. One of the things that, that most profoundly affected me about, about chiropractic is that when my son was born, um, I, I caught him. like We delivered him at home. And we had a, a midwife, and we were close to an emergency room and all that kind of stuff. And I had an emergency room doctor in the room because my wife was the emergency room doctor. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's convenient that way. When my son came out, they, they get a little smooshed on their way out pretty, pretty often. So for the first uh, five days of his life, he wouldn't sleep more than 20 minutes. He'd make these weird sounds. And he'd, like, move his arms in a strange way. And, and I, I looked at him, like, you know, I, I think he's actually, like, in pain in his neck. Like, like so... Fortunate at the time, we were near a guy named Peter Fish. Who I know wrote Peter the, well. You know Peter? He's great, yeah. Gem of a guy. He's the only chiropractor, at least at the time, who had written a textbook accepted by Western medical doctors. And he was famous for going to pediatric ICUs and walking down rows of babies on oxygen, touching their neck, just touching with one finger. And magically, they don't need oxygen anymore. Right. And so this is one of the world's top guys for babies. And we took Alan in there. 
and he set this brand new baby down on his table, and he said, Dave, I'm going to touch the back of his neck with the pressure of a nickel resting on the table. Like, that's the amount of pressure that takes. And he touches Al's neck, and literally, if he went from this kind of scrum thing, just went, God, just, just melted on the table. He slept for 16 hours straight, and after that, the problem was gone. The, the noises and the moving hands was gone, and it, he had something stuck, and it took almost no pressure. It was just a tiny bit at just the right spot. And by the way, Peter Fish was a computer programmer for many years, and he got tired of that and decided he'd be a chiropractor. He's a hacker. Like, that was what he did. Right, right. Uh, And uh, you see stuff like that. It's very hard for me to reconcile that with, that's a bunch of crap. It's not. It's just a very different skill set, but it's a skill set that's very hard to prove. It's very hard to measure, too. Yeah. How do you measure that? I don't know, but man, Alan's pretty strong and healthy today. I think he would not have grown the same way had he had constant neck pain, you know, as an infant. Or maybe he would have crawled his way out of it. I have no idea, right? Right, but it, the, the reality is, a lot of these kids come to us with these health issues, and they're prescribed drugs. Yeah. And I think the drugs over time, whether it's disrupting the normal microbiome, which all the antibiotics do. Yeah. You've got all the neurological drugs, which can screw up brain function. That's why we got so many kids are screwed up these days. Uh, but I try to just get people to understand that if you want drugs, great. Do the drugs. But if you want to figure out what the problem is, let's address posture. Let's address restriction of the spine. Let's get kids off dairy. Let's get minimize the amount of sugar that they eat. Get them drinking more water. Get them outside whatever it takes to get them to move a little bit. I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, we went out and we played football and basketball and we actually moved. We didn't sit on a computer all day and play video games. I mean, I mean, I grew up with pinball machines, but I didn't grow up with video games. And it's just, it's not hard to get somebody to be healthy. You just got to get them back on the track, get them where they need to be to exp- express health. It's not hard. Absolutely. So. We're coming up on the end of the show. And I, I always love getting a chance to ask a, a few of the, the hard questions uh, around uh, around chiropractic because it, it, there are still some people who just think there's nothing to it. And my entire experience of it is that it's been incredibly helpful. And, and chiropractors that I've known have been some of the more forward-thinking and curious and electrically aware people. And they're using quantitative data in their practices. And they're seeing results that are repeatable, which is what I'm looking for in the people who support my biology for me. But the question I have for you now is, uh, given that you're a chiropractic practitioner and a musician, what's your favorite album of all time? Oh, man. (laughs) That's a good question. I'm a big Tom Fetty fan, Tom Petty fan. So I would say probably his first album, I Love to Death. I also love Highway to Hell by ACDC. It's a tough one. Damn the Torpedoes is a great album, too. Uh, Awesome. Tom Petty's probably my biggest influence. In fact, I've seen him probably. Uh, I'm like a. I'm a Grateful Dead head for Tom Petty. Yeah, I <laughs> travel all over, and I'm I'm big fan of Wilco too. Right now, I don't know if you're following. Okay. Do you like Wilco? Um, I do like Wilco. Yeah. Yeah, good. They're kind of a little more. They're a musicians band. You got to have a little bit of a musicians head to get your head around that stuff. You got to listen to it a few times too. So. I, I hear you there. That's not I, a tough question though, but that was a tough question. It's not a tough question. That was actually a diversion before the real tough question. Okay. Good. The real tough question is, someone comes to you tomorrow and they say, look, I want to kick ass at everything I do. I want to be better at everything. What are the three most important things I need to know? What would you tell them? First, you got to get your head straight. You know, you got to visualize what you want to do. I mean, you asked the question about 
whether what what to look for in a doctor is that that doctor has to have that certainty on what they're doing. They can't be, you know, they have to have that self confidence. And so with people, you got to wake up with that passion, that drive to do what you want to do in life. And I mean, that's what I and that's why why I created CalJam is because I see not only the lack of people's awareness of what chiropractic's about, but I'm also concerned. I mean, we can drink all the bulletproof coffee we want to drink, but we don't want to have a planet to live on. We got some big <laughs> issues, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So CalJam's about chiropractic. It's about eating healthy. It's about biohacking, but it's also about global sustainability. So for me, yeah. that gives me purpose and drive when I get up in the morning. So the, 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 I do everything that I have to do to achieve my goal. It's not like I'm just kind of like, walking through my day trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I mean, every day of my life is almost in a sense preordained on what I'm going to do. So you've got to have that in your life as purpose and drive and motivation to accomplish that. It's not like you, if you want to be the best at the best, then you got to you got to prepare. And you, But your first thing has got to come is from your head. I'm really big on the spine and the nervous system. That's the most neglected part of people's health. I mean, people don't understand how important it is to have proper spinal mobility, to have proper alignment, to have proper expression of nerve flow. It's just like, if you want to be a 120 light, light bulb in a 70 watt world, then you got to do things to make sure you're functioning at 120 watts. And then the third thing is, I'm really big on eating foods that vibrate. I mean, like you talk about your vibration place. Those things are great because they vibrate cells. They get you moving. They shake up your whole lymphatic system. They create, you know, uh, muscle spindles to fire. And it creates all this nerve energy that goes to your brain. The most important nutrient for your brain happens to be motion. So I'm big on getting people to move in any way that they can. So, again, get your head straight. Eat right, get adjusted. I'm mad on the fourth one. I'm sorry, I, you only gave it's me right. three. Uh, is 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 just to eat super, super, super clean. Eat foods that have a high vibrational tone. Eat foods that are loaded with minerals and vitamins. That's why I use a Vitamix, and that's why you know I juice a lot, and I do all low glycemic foods. And and that way, I'm not only giving my cell, my bodies, and my cells this high vibrational food, but I'm at the same time cleaning my body out. Most people eat crap, toxic food that has no energy in it. It clogs up the entire system and it, and it leaves a person craving more because the body never got what it needed to begin with. And that's why people are always hungry. And I eat like so little food, but I'm, I'm, I'm full when I eat because I don't overeat. I mean, I've learned to when you go out to dinner to eat less and people that live longer eat less, and they eat lower calories, but they also eat super clean foods that are congruent. They're foods that the body was always designed to eat. Like, I'm not a big fan of white flour. I mean, I don't know where you're at. I mean, no, you're not into it either, but it's just you can't eat foods that your body was never designed to eat. Yeah, grain in general, whether it's gluten-free or not, is, uh, is a poor substitute for food, but it's better than starving to death. Yeah, it is. I got you on that point, and I totally agree with you 100%. But you're asking me for a person that wants to to live at their highest potential. That's not something they're going to want to eat, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's okay to do it once in a while, Dave. I'm not a you know zealot about this stuff. I mean, every once in a while, I'm going to break down, and, you know, have some tiramisu. You know, I'm a human being, man. I want to like people see you doing something wrong once in a while. They go, I can't believe you're eating that, dude. And I'm going. Well, I'm, I didn't say I was Jesus, man. I'm not, you know, perfect. I'm, I think that the more good things you put into your life, it's going to minimize the few bad things you do once in a while. I've never it, said I was it's perfect. True. It's totally true. And also, if you put the tiramisu into a smoothie, it doesn't count. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, on that note, Billy, <laughs> where could the people... bass in there too with the bassomatic? I don't know if you remember that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just fill it right up. All right, so I'm excited you're at Cal Jam, though. I, I am excited to come and speak to him. I'm really looking forward to it. Everything I've heard from the Bulletproof team who, who was there this year said it was a fantastic conference, and I, I couldn't get on my schedule. So I, I'm excited to, to give a keynote there, and I'll, I'll give you guys some useful knowledge you can bring back to your, your patients and your practices in your own lives. I, I, I'll do my, my very best there. Uh, in the meantime, where can people find out more about you and your work, Billy? They can go to CaliforniaJam.org. Or you could email me at billyd at org, Or I have a website, damaschiropractic.com. Spelled D-E-M-O-S-S, chiropractic. I'm really big on Facebook. That's probably where you got some of my kind of anti-drug things on there. Uh, Billy Damas at Facebook. Awesome. Billy, thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio. I look forward to hanging out with you next year. We're going to rock, baby. If you enjoyed today's show, here's what to do. If your back is hurting or you've never been to a chiropractor, you might put it on the list of things to consider. If nothing's wrong, you're feeling great, everything's running, maybe you don't want to do it right now. It's been my experience that there's been times when it's been really, really beneficial for me when I'm stiff, I'm sore, I can't explain things, weird headaches, not sleeping right. Uh, and it's helped my family, it's helped my kids. Uh, and it's one of the many things that I do to perform it at a high level. Uh, Billy and I have no financial relationship, uh, nothing like that. I just I, I think this is worthy of your attention. If, if you're going to look at tuning your body like a race car, like, like a, a high-performance machine, if there are parts of your nervous system that are not conducting electrons efficiently that you can measure with quantifiable tools, Either you're just going to say, I guess it's just happening for no reason and I'm going to leave it there, or you're going to do something about it. This is a group of people who focuses on doing things about that. I think it's rational uh, and intelligent to consider it as something that you can do, and it is something that I do. So if you haven't tried it, you might try it. And if you decide you're not going to try it, to say that there's no science behind it is actually inaccurate. So, Billy, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.